you can live out your MasterChef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. G'day, mates. It's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. So I've never really uh, made a, a post or anything on a story like this, but I've always wanted to share this. At the time that it happened, I did tell my flatmates, but I left out certain details not wanting to seem like a weirdo to them. I've had a handful of strange experiences throughout my life, but most have been more subtle than what I'm about to share. This happened sometime between 2012 and 2014. I would have been in my late 20s at the time, living in a share house in the eastern suburbs of Sydney. I worked nights packing shelves at a supermarket, a job I absolutely hated, but had kept up all through uni and it got me through. In fact, I had actually graduated in early 2012 but found I was too lazy to just quit. I ended up spending those last few years in the share house kicking around, working this terrible dead-end job, waiting for everyone to go their separate ways so my life could start. After each shift, I'd catch the bus home from work at around 11pm, get off at the top of the hill, at the shops, and then walk down the hill towards my home. 
It was only about a 10 minute walk home from the bus stop and I only mention all these details because I probably caught that bus and made that same walk a thousand times in all the years that I held that job. But this, this was the only time anything even remotely creepy happened. So I'd hopped off the bus and was headed downhill with the cemetery on my left and a row of simple one and two story homes on my right. I almost never saw any people at this time of night, and that's how quiet the area was. The way is also well lit, and despite a cemetery looming over your shoulder, there's really nothing eerie about it. In fact, it's quite beautiful, really. A well-tended cemetery filled with interesting old markers, statues, and things. You'd see people jogging or walking through it most days. The cemetery's bordered by a sandstone wall that follows the way downhill, then left along this coastal road that sort of uh, loops back around almost. Anyway, I was maybe uh, halfway down the hill when a plain white van drove past on my left. At first, I didn't really think anything of it, to be honest. I didn't break pace and the van didn't stop or slow as it went past. I watched the taillights grow small, sweeping left as it took the band at the bottom of the hill. But as soon as it disappeared... I had this, I don't know, really odd feeling come over me that I was going to see it again. I'm really not sure how else to describe that, but it wasn't like a voice in my head or anything, just an odd fleeting impression that when I get to the bottom of the hill, that the same white van would be waiting for me. So I got to the bottom, turned left, and saw a pair of headlights coming back towards me. They were too far to see if it was the same car, but immediately, I just knew that it was. I didn't feel scared or anything, but I knew that whatever was about to happen was going to happen, whether I wanted it to or not. Again, just a fleeting impression. This time, the van slowed and came to a stop at the side of the road. There was a young driver. I can't remember whether the passenger side window was already open or whether he leaned over to open it, but either way, he leaned across and called to me to come over. All I thought in that moment was that he probably just needs directions. But as I approached, I immediately began to feel very uneasy. That gentle impression that I'd felt earlier, watching the van drive past, now solidified into a, a vague feeling of dread. I felt as if I, I shouldn't get too close. So I came about as far as the grassy verge and, and stopped. I remember the radio in the car was playing, just some random pop song. He might have reached over and turned it down, I really can't remember, but I also don't remember too much of what he looked like. Except that he was maybe about my age or maybe a little bit older, had longish blonde hair and a few days growth on his face. He didn't strike me as threatening, so... The unease that I felt was more confusing at first, I guess. But he did speak with a British accent, and I just assumed he was a traveler. Excuse me, he said. Can you help me? I'm trying to get to the cemetery. Now, I was really confused. I mean, just over his shoulder on his right, less than like 20 feet away, the tops of grave markers and crypts poked above the sandstone wall. Like I said... The way was well lit and he would have definitely seen the cemetery as he drove this road a moment before. In fact, he'd driven down to the far end of it, then made a U-turn. That's when I'd seen him coming back and so 
At the other end, where the road loops around the coast, the wall wasn't high at all and you could clearly see all the graves, even in the dark, stretching back up to the hill. In other words, it just made no sense. I was about to answer as well when my blood absolutely ran cold. I froze mid-word, my mouth hanging open, because somewhere in the back of the van, I could clearly hear a woman screaming and crying for help all of a sudden. I could even hear her banging against the inside paneling. I heard it clear as day over the radio playing. I knew it wasn't a recording, but it was also somehow strange and seemed slightly unreal to me. Again, not too sure how to explain it, but I definitely heard it and it scared the heck out of me, but I didn't react the way that I thought I would, I guess. I looked at him and he just stared back and said nothing, making no effort to explain the screams or even acknowledge that we were hearing them, but there was no mistaking it. I could still hear it, clearly, as we just stared at each other. Uh, sorry, I have no idea, was all I could get out in the end. He then nodded, said thanks anyway, and drove off. After that, I ran the rest of the way home, which thankfully was only two minutes away. When I got in, I was out of breath and shaking. My flatmates were all asleep and I went straight to my room. If there had been even 1% of doubt in my mind, like maybe I'd imagined it, I would have probably woken someone first and at least told them what happened. But instead, I called the police. I had to explain the story to two different cops, long story short, because of a, a jurisdictional thing. My area actually fell under a police station further away than the local one that I'd called. They took it seriously, thankfully, took all my details and said that they'd send a car to look for this van. Unfortunately, I hadn't seen the license plate number. In the moment, I hadn't even thought to check, stupidly I know and my description of the driver wasn't much more detailed than what I've described here now, so that really wasn't much help either. Though they had my details, the police, they, they never called back to follow up, and nothing showed up in the news or any newspapers. When I told my flatmates about this, I left out the strange feelings of dread and just stuck to the details, I guess. But they mostly thought that I'd been pranked somehow, and... While I guess that is possible, to this day, I know that that's not what happened at all. It's one of those you-had-to-be-there things, but the whole thing felt so unusual and didn't play out like any kind of prank. The whole event lasted not even three minutes from when he first drove past to when he drove off, and our interaction lasted probably not even 20 seconds, but it has stayed with me for years, and... I often think about it, wondering what happened. Anyway, that's my story. Like I said, I've got a few others, but this one is the most dramatic and I suspect that it's going to stay with me the rest of my life. You can live out your MasterChef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. 
connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. So I'm 16 years old and I live in Italy. My house is in a little village on the biggest mountain in Europe. And there isn't much activity around here during the day. A very small amount of cars pass by. There usually is really no people around though. It's a very calm and cool place at the end. This event though, it took place last April. I had just gotten out of school after a two hour long Latin test and I was basically already sleeping at that point. I unlocked my bike, waved at my friends and I left, taking the main road that led to the village that I live in. As always, there were no cars, no people, no nothing. I was tired, like I said, and while riding, I was thinking about the usual things a 15-year-old is thinking about when coming back from school. The should-I-do-the-homework-first-or-video-games kind of stuff. I was probably overthinking and kept going along the road without realizing that I didn't take the right-hand turn. I noticed my mistake maybe a few minutes later and thought, oh well, never mind, I'll just take the long way home. Because at the end of the road, you could sort of take a path that led to the village anyway. And while I didn't know yet, this was probably the worst mistake that I've made in my entire life. I kept going and at that point the road was sort of winding through a little forest. All the trees above me had stopped the already small amount of light that was there so it was basically dark at this point. I turned on the bike's flashlight and moved on to the right side of the road. Everything was quiet until I heard a, a car sound coming towards me. I was a bit surprised because, as I already said, there was basically no car activity in the area, especially at this time of day. I didn't panic. I mean, after all, it was just a car passing by. After a while, I saw the headlights approaching from the road, the car was still pretty far away and was going at a slow pace, almost as if the driver was looking for something. Then the car sped up and, to my surprise, turned right to get in front of me. Confused and not wanting to get hit by a vehicle, I turned left to bring the bike on the other side of the road. But then the car did the same thing and sped up even more. I had very little time now to realize what was happening because the car was coming at full speed towards me and I was about to be hit. So I did the first thing that came to my mind and I jumped off the bike on the right side of the road. I did it just in time as well because the car ran over the empty bike just a few seconds after I jumped. I sat on the asphalt, my knees and elbows burning now from the fall, trying to comprehend what had just happened when I saw the driver of the car getting out of the vehicle. The guy was now on the side of the road, running towards me, not saying a word. I got up as fast as I could, but the guy managed to grab my left arm. 
I screamed, turned around, landed the strongest punch that I could possibly take on this guy's nose. The guy didn't flinch though. I let go of my arm, touched his now bleeding nose and just smiled at me. Before simply running back into the car, starting the engine again and leaving. I stood there in complete shock. I grabbed what was left of my bike and I just ran home as fast as I could. I was so scared and confused that I even left my backpack in the middle of the road that day and had to go back the next day to get it. And as crazy as that whole 30 seconds or so was, that was it. I never figured out who this guy was, why he tried to run me over with his car like that, or anything. This is by far the most terrifying and most close to death in my life that I've ever been to, and I can tell you that I never did take that road again. I'm a 21-year-old female, and this story took place when I was around 11. I remember this day clearly too, because it was the first time that I was ever allowed to walk to school and back by myself. Up until the age of 14, I lived in what we thought was a safe place. Everybody knew everyone. If you thought that you could get away with something, then you needed to be prepared to have your ear abused by the time that you got home. But there was one day though... It was a cold winter day and school unfortunately was still open so all the neighborhood kids had to walk through knee high inches of snow just to get to school. It took me longer to leave the house as I was used to walking with my older sister to school since she knew the routes better than me. I always used to make fun of her for being paranoid and taking a different route every day from school but after that day I learned that that was what saved my life in the end. As I was waiting by the door to leave, my mum came up to me and told me that I should ride with her to drop me off because my sister was too sick to go today and being a brat, I made a big deal about walking by myself because I was almost 12 years old and all my friend's parents let them walk alone and all that. She looked at me for a long while then told me to make sure that I pay attention to cars. I got hit by a car and almost died when I was nine so... The worry that showed on her face was well warranted. I hurriedly nodded though and headed out the door to go to school. My sister didn't like to dilly-dally so she was always in a rush to get to school early but seeing as it was just me, I thought that it would be a good idea to take my time. I would play in the brown slush that was left on the side of the road and even make funny looking snowballs to see how far I could throw them. Halfway to school I then notice a white van following behind me at some point. Being the playful child that I was, if I had not been bending down to make another snowball, I probably wouldn't have noticed it slowly creeping up the street. I told myself that I was being stupid, but continued more hurriedly to school upon seeing it. Once I got to school, I took a quick glance over my shoulder and saw the van a few feet behind me. It wasn't until I got onto the school grounds that it drove away fast by me, thought that that would be the end of it to be honest but throughout the day when I would stare out the window the van would always be there. I think I assumed that it never really left just parked or something. Many adults would try to convince me years later that maybe it wasn't the same one but 
I knew that it was. This fan had a bright yellow smile emoji sticker on it that you could spot from anywhere. I couldn't see who was in the van, but through the tinted glass, I knew that they could see me. It was now the end of the day, and I wasn't ready to go home, but it was too late to call my mum because she was at work and my sister was homesick, like I said. So I had to suck it up and start walking home. I tried to blend in with a group of kids, but most of them were car riders and the others didn't live near me. Remembering what my sister told me, I took another route home. I didn't memorize this route clearly, but I decided anything was better than being spotted by that van. I made it to my main street, but realized my mistake too late. The route that I took led back to the main street where I walked to school, and hidden behind a row of cars was the white van with the same smiley emoji sticker. I tried to stay calm and walk past it, but once I heard the van door silently click open, I ran. I could hear the rush of two pairs of heavy footfalls behind me. They were getting closer, so I did what any normal kid would do. I cut corners. I cut into someone's backyard until I was directly inside of my house and forced myself into the thick snow to make it to the door. My heart was racing, not because I was running, but because I could still hear them behind me. I made it to the door and banged with all my might until someone came to the door. My sister looked confused, but one look at my face and she pulled me inside and locked the doors. The van, it came around and was still outside. Truthfully, it stayed out there as well until finally my brother got home. Me and my sister, we didn't talk about it, but we both knew how close it was to me going missing that day. I hadn't thought about this incident in years, to be honest, but one of my hometown friends showed me an article that came out in 2013. Apparently, some men kidnapped and assaulted a girl my age, and it wouldn't have scared me if it hadn't have mentioned the white van with that same sticker. Whoever they were, they had definitely attempted to kidnap me and do... God knows what else to me that day. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish, or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. 
We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. This story happened three years ago when I was 15 in my village. I really don't tell this story much too because, well, people tend to think that I'm making it up. But I've been thinking about it quite a lot this week and, I don't know, I just feel like I need to tell some people. So my village is located in a pretty rural area that is protected by the government because it's been considered a natural paradise for like the last 30 years. This means that exploration in this area is quite difficult nowadays since it's forbidden to cut down trees which means that it's a huge forest. I was spending my summer there and my favorite thing to do was hiking and although I had never gone alone in the woods, just roads with people, my grandma had told me that cleaning services had opened and rehabilitated a path that had been covered in bushes and trees for like the last 30 years because of a race that was being prepared, like runners and stuff. Usually I would go to the nearest town, one hour away by foot, by the only way that I knew, the road and on my way back from seeing friends there, I decided to take the new path that my granny said was safe alone. But that was a pretty big mistake. So the first part of the path was the easiest, just too many obstacles and landslides, but it was nothing compared to the rest. The second part was a hill full of rocks that was the hardest thing to get up, but literally had to climb on like four legs like a dog, And when I got to the top, I looked around and even found some animal bones as well. I didn't pay much attention to it since the area is known for its big population of wolves and bears that go out at night. I continued my way faster than before. This part was plain floor where the woods really began, so it was a big relief until I got to a sort of dead end. There were some huge trees that had fallen exactly on a row on the path and... It was impossible to cross them. This seemed really off to me as well because there were no other fallen trees. And the weirdest part? Aside from those trees, there was also a a little barn there. Yeah, a barn in the middle of the woods. I thought to myself that it was probably abandoned. It looked like it. So I decided to throw my bag into the little field that belonged to the barn and... Then I crossed the fence. I crossed it running without realizing the most bizarre thing. That the field had no trees in it. It was completely clear. No bushes, no big plants, nothing. It really shouldn't be like that if it was abandoned. I started feeling concerned about how the location of the fallen trees was so coincidental how there casually was a barn beside with a clear field when the path had been closed for like 30 years. The whole thing just seemed really off. I went on though and luckily I was reaching the last hill my grandma had described, the one that connected with the village, when suddenly there was complete silence in all the woods, which allowed me to hear some branches cracking behind me. I thought to myself that it must have been a bird or something, but then they came closer, and they really sounded like footsteps. 
After trying to convince myself that it was probably just an animal, I was so afraid that I couldn't look back. I started walking faster. And guess what? So did the footsteps. I started running after noticing that and so did the footsteps again. I was running for my life at this point when suddenly I started hearing incredibly loud grunts. Everything was going really fast. Luckily, I got to my village in a minute or so after that. I was really close. I got onto the patio of the first house that I could find, closed the door. It was a relative's house, no need to call the police. I stayed there for like 10 minutes until I got my breath back. And then I went back home. I really don't know what that was, but I get chills just remembering that place. Not having a signal on my phone in the middle of nowhere and the grunts. It makes me think too that there was something following me that day since the barn and the trees were just a, a distraction to slow me down. I never went into the woods alone after that and I don't intend to ever again either. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I like campgrounds in the off-season when it isn't crowded. And my girlfriend and I, we went to our favorite federal campground. The campground is only open a few months of the year. The average snowfall is 350 inches, so it's usually snowed in. It's crowded during the summer, but rarely anybody around midweek during off-season. There is usually a campground host parked in an RV around to help people with firewood and stuff. He's an old man that I know, and he wasn't there this time. The typical federal campground where you put $12 in an envelope and drop it in a strong box. There are also two loops surrounded by campsites with a particular site that is our favorite as it's further off the perimeter and private. It was odd when we arrived though because, well, we were literally the only people there. No host or other campers anywhere. We were stoked though about having the place to ourselves really. We did the usual truck camping setup with tent, firewood, cooler, books, and other items that we wouldn't carry backpacking. We walked around the campground and didn't see anybody the entire time, which was a little strange, but not too concerning. We built a fire, sat around enjoying the evening, gorgeous fall weather with leaves falling and crunching when you walk. But those of you who camp know the sound of fire too, and the leaves rustling in the wind like that. It's my favorite season in the woods, and this was an above-average night. Eventually, though, we retired to our tent, and I really don't remember what time it was. It was our big truck camping tent, though, not a small backpacking tent by any means, so we could move around some. Laying in the tent, reading, and she falls asleep before me. I should say here, too, that there's just no way that a vehicle could pull into this place and not be hurt, because it was, like, dead quiet, super peaceful. I was listening to the leaves blow and thinking about what a privilege it was to actually be here at this time. I was wide awake and not tired enough to sleep, so I got up a few times to check the fire embers. 
But sometime, probably after midnight I would guess, I'm laying in my sleeping bag reading and I hear something walking around. Now, there are deer, elk, moose, lions and bears moving around in the fall so I wasn't immediately alarmed. No grizzlies in Colorado since the 70s, at least that's what most people think anyway. Some scientists disagree and say that there might be a few remaining. Black bears don't really scare me unless they're acting aggressive. I'm pretty familiar with bull moose in the area that I've been seeing for years. But I stopped reading and I listened carefully. I could hear the leaves blowing but also something walking on the leaves. It was getting closer to the tent when I realized that it was bipedal. Immediate fear kicked in and this was different to anything that I'd felt before. This time, I froze. I couldn't take a breath. My heart was beating out of my chest like I wanted to hide. I'm trying not to move or make a sound as I hear it walking around the tent. Unmistakably walking on two legs, mind you, because the dry fallen leaves accentuate every step. I never considered waking my girlfriend for some reason, which I don't know why I didn't do that. Terrified in a calm rather than panicked way, I'm laying there trying not to move, unable to take a deep breath, considering what the heck was walking around the tent. Well, we all know how different sized people sound walking on dry leaves. A 225 pound man sounds very different than a little girl, let's say. But this creature walking around the tent must have been huge. I could tell from the footsteps and, man, I was petrified. I didn't have a gun, but I did grab a good-sized knife before I left, and I held onto it knowing that, oh, well, it was probably useless. Now, this is where things get absolutely terrifying, as if it wasn't enough already. I'm waiting there, waiting for whatever this is to leave, hoping I hear whatever it is walking away from the tent and campsite. But no, it starts getting closer. I hear it walking towards the tent and I'm breathless with fear now, literally waiting for something to grab us. In fact, I was completely paralyzed with fear as I remember I couldn't move. Getting out of the tent too was just never an option. The moon was relatively full that night, so when it approached too, I saw a huge shadow of a creature standing up through the tent fabric. I could hear it breathing on the tent and it was standing directly above looking at me through the tent. It was without a doubt bipedal as well. Stood over me for a few minutes. Then I hear it walk away from the campground back into the utterly vast wilderness. Obviously, I couldn't sleep after that. Listened all night until sunrise. I didn't tell my girlfriend right away, but I started packing up our stuff to get out of there immediately looked around and didn't see any footprints but the leaves were thick on the ground so it wouldn't be easy to see. Packing up though I noticed still nobody else in the campground. I know it wasn't a deer, an elk or a moose or a lion or a bear. It could have been a huge man but where did he come from and what happened to him? Nah, I know it wasn't a man. It couldn't have been. It didn't seem to want to harm us or anything. I know because I was vulnerable just laying there and it could have easily killed us. I thought about it and wondered if this is connected to some other incident that I've described in another place. 
Or was I fleeing from something like this before, but being stalked? What if it has the same sort of mimicking ability? Could this be what's taking people? There are other documented missing 411 cases in the area as we are in, in our near cluster. But one case in particular comes to mind that I'm not sure is covered in a missing 411 book. The same general area where a few years ago an experienced hunter went missing in September from a group of several men from out of state. Apparently, experienced and familiar with the area, the man goes missing, search and rescue look everywhere for a few days, and the man was found later, dead in place where people had already searched. No clear cause of death. I know one of the search and rescue people, and he said it was really, really weird since they searched where he was found relatively close to the camp. Did this man tick off whatever this was watching me? What the heck is even happening here? Finally though, to help give some context to the setting, I'm sure some of you will say that it was a man, but this was a vast wilderness and one of the more remote areas of the lower 48. I encourage people to look at the map of Route Medicine Bow National Forest and the Zirkel Wilderness. This particular campground is completely isolated. There is approximately like three to four mile drive down a dirt road or the main road to the campground, so you hear vehicles approaching. There's nothing too, but vast expansive wilderness in the direction from which it came and also where it went. I'm increasingly thinking that this incident is related to another experience that I've had. I've seen some strange things in the woods, but I wasn't at any point in fear for my life, but this time. I'm 54 and I've spent most of my life exploring the backcountry without anything too frightening happening, until about three years ago. And you know, it's alright if you don't believe me or offer an opposing point of view. I'm not trying to convince anybody or anything. I just wanted to share my story. Lastly too, this wilderness isn't like Georgia or Ohio where you'll eventually run into civilization if you keep walking in any direction. You could literally walk for weeks and many miles without seeing anything but backcountry. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. You can live out your MasterChef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. 
for your words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs, or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.